welcome, and thanks for listening to AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Today's episode is redefining how data is collected and used on the farm. Here's your host, Laura Hankey. All right. Thanks, Brian. And thank you to you all for joining us for another Friday morning edition of Coffee Talk. As Brian shared, we're excited to have Steve and Bradford joining us here this morning to share the farm mobile story. Bradford, Steve, thanks for joining us here. Morning, Laura. Thank you. All right. Well, Bradford, let's go ahead and get started with you here this morning. Can you share a little bit about your role within the farm mobile team? Certainly, Laura. So when you look at ag tech in North America specifically, many of us have uh, several hats to wear, right, to help keep outreach and engagement uh, working in such a way that our technology is being used to the utmost degree in in totally different trade flows and totally different regions across the country. So I specifically uh, lead a lot of what's called business development, right, which are projects of putting our uh, IoT type technology into completely new applications that it's been before, uh, as well as working with a sales team who works on very current opportunities, often focused on ag retailers and agronomy type firms. Uh, and then also really building up our presence and system of record rationale in the, what I very broadly call the sustainability field. Sometimes that's something uh, very specific to sustainable sourcing out of a region for a particular uh, downstream stakeholder, or sometimes that's something going into uh, carbon market applications uh, or water quality. There's a lot of uh, iterations of that. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you, Bradford. Steve, same question this morning. I, I certainly, I, I came aboard Farm Mobile about uh, three years ago and really came there because I really saw the value that uh, in my previous life, I was an independent kind of uh, precision ag consultant, boots on the ground of farmers, and really the value prop that that really that Farm Mobile offered to even trusted advisors like myself and the growers that uh, the technology served, being able to get data you know, more efficiently from the field and in the hands of either the consultants or, you know, the crop advisors and agronomists and, and people down the line that, you know, bottom line is that uh, agriculture still has a first mile problem when it comes to data. And that means first mile problem, getting data out of the field and getting it to people that uh, can actually add value to that data and get that back to the growers so they can utilize that data. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Steve, to put a little more context to your role, can you tell us a little bit about Farm Mobile's history and the evolution that you've seen with being an independent consultant um, and the evolution in the data industry? Uh, yeah, we've uh, Farm Mobile is about a six-year-old company, and they really the, the concept that that really drove them is is that data is valuable at, at especially at the grower level. And there still obviously is issues. I mean, the, the, the uh, Ag Leaders Yield Monitor, I think, came on the scene nearly almost 30 years ago, be 30 years next year. And so, like I said, we still have a first mile problem of getting data, you know, of field activities back in the hands of people that need it. Farm Mobile really addresses that issue. And, and it's a combination of a device that can go in these machines that can uh, literally get data out of, of the field in real time into the cloud and that, that the, the grower or the retailer has direct access and control over that. And then they can really decide which 
uh, and where that data needs to go. And so it's, it's really great to see this technology finally come to fruition and, and, you know, it's hopefully going to make things a lot easier here in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't think that there's anything more important today than eliminating thumb drives and putting meaningful data into the hands of farmers. We're certainly going to talk about that here in a second, but before we do so, Bradford, can you tell us a little bit about the recent acquisition of Farm Mobile? I understand that they're now a member of the AGI brand family. I know that the relationship isn't new. Can you share a little bit about that? Of course. So AGI had been a minority investor uh, for Farm Mobile for some time period, and really by kind of purchasing those outstanding shares became you know the the owner of the the entity here uh, this spring. And so for us, this is a pretty exciting development, Laura, because there's a lot of great ag tech innovation going on, uh, particularly in the U.S. and Europe and Canada. But, you know, to sometimes be taken as a commercially viable partner, particularly for larger downstream companies, you know, they want to know that you're part of something bigger and that you're here to stay uh, or that you're not going to get acquired by a company that might restrict your market access, which we've seen happen with some of the majors. So, you know, to me, this is this is a wonderful evolution to put us in a spot to not only do we have the resources to continue to be more aggressive with our roadmap. For example, we have a fifth generation of our uh, passive uplink connector, our puck device, that will be coming out here later this year that allows us to truly take on international footprints because it has a modular modem slot to it. So it allows us to attack use cases uh, that have been requested of us, Laura, for almost a year now, at least in my personal experience, and I think before that, uh, in Latin America and Europe and Asia Pacific. So uh, it's exciting on those fronts. And then it's good to think to think of IOT or Internet of Things in general as part of ecosystems. So when you take our ability to bring field level data and you mix that with the SureTrack systems that can look at fertilizer data and bin storage monitoring, et cetera, there is a, a lot of synergies that come from that. Absolutely. It's just one more opportunity to create that connected farm for sure. Um, so, Steve, you know, we've referenced the puck here a couple of times already this morning. Tell us about that and why Farm Mobile's approach to collecting and distributing data inspired you to join the team? Well, it's, it's really that independent approach that, you know, data, yeah, the grower, a lot of times if the grower is collecting the data, it should be his and, and the grower should have control over that. I think that's number one. And that's something that I think isn't really transparent in the industry today. I mean, a lot of, you know, I always say that uh, a lot of the companies focus on just getting data in we not only focus on that, but we also focus on getting data out and making that easily shareable and also that it should have value for the grower so that, that they have control over it. So that's, that's number one. And obviously being able to collect that data across, uh, one of the nice things about our technology is that it doesn't matter what make, model, or color of machine you have on the farm or in the ag retail space, uh, our device is, is literally colorblind in, in the fact that it can go on all those different types of machines. And at the end of the day, you end up, end up with a standardized data set out of that. And that is huge in the industries because there are so many different formats, so many different things going on. And a lot of times the grower's data doesn't match up with ag retailer's data. And uh, having that standardized, you know, shareable data set that kind of can come across all types of machines of all colors, that's a big deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the puck. What is it? Um, you've talked about it being interchangeable between different machines. How does it work? So basically, I, I really use the example a lot of times you hear, see uh, the car insurance commercials where you can kind of plug that little thing into your car and, and it tells you how fast you're going and, and you know, if you're driving over the speed limit. And in essence, that's what a puck is doing only on an agricultural piece of equipment. So basically, if you've got a planter or a combine or a sprayer, uh, they all have that little kind of what we call a can diagnostic port, uh, being able to plug into, I call it the nervous system of a machine. And that's literally what it is. And so it is a device that plugs into that nervous system that collects the data from agronomic and machine data on board this, uh, what we call a puck device. And uh, it's got an antenna that has a cellular antenna and GPS. So literally we are actually streaming things like yield data and fuel use and idle time and all those different things that are literally coming across that nervous system uh, of a machine and streaming it up in real time. There's usually like a three or four second delay from what you can actually, what's happening in the field and literally what you can see on your phone or on your dashboard and your office which is really cool and that data is being stored into what we call an electronic field record that really just documents that activity that's happening on that field so if it's harvest we've got a harvest efr if it's planting we've got a, a planting efr and those efrs or electronic field records are kind of the bread and butter of farm mobile because that's what is valuable to, to not only to the grower, to agronomist, but now with Bradford on the sustainability side, having that collection of data and being able to share that efficiently is huge. Mm -hmm. So would you say that the cloud storage and the EFR, is that really what sets Farm Mobile apart from competitors within the space? I really do, because one of the things is, is that, you know, we have the ability to, if there is something that needs to be checked or even uh, you know, a, a different variety added in after the fact to change that, we can rerun that data and make sure where a, a grower can actually get certify that EFR that says, yes, that's exactly what I did. That's the variety I planted. This is the number of seeds I planted. And that verification and, and that sign off of that EFR is a little bit different in the industry that says, yeah, I can trust that. And uh, Bradford can probably speak to that a little bit more, but the EFR is, I think, what really sets uh, Farm Mobile apart from some of the other data companies. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a great segue to pull Bradford back into the conversation this morning. Bradford, you mentioned that sustainability is one of your key initiatives in your role. Talk a little bit about what that data, not just data, but meaningful data means to retailers, manufacturers, even end consumers within in the industry and how Farm Mobile is providing that. You know, I think an analogy, Laura, that might be helpful because sometimes uh, folks that have been in agriculture have been in agriculture a long time. And so it helps to maybe think outside the box just for a minute or two uh, from a, an industry perspective. So a, an analogy to what Steve has just described and what we're calling EFRs or these electronic field records, really that, that mentality is built off of what we have seen mature in the healthcare space over the last 15 to 20 years with EMRs, right? So each one of us has electronic medical records and we might have one from our primary care physician, from our obstetrician, from our otolaryngologist, from our 
uh, oncologist. And so those records are of most value, though, when they can be looked at together and how one impacts the other. And no one would want their patient care decisions being made in isolation of their other EMRs when it comes to understanding the patient as a, as a total human being. I think it's really no different in the agricultural field, but that isn't necessarily how it's traditionally been looked at. And so you might have people who only looked at uh, very basic records and then tried to make very sophisticated decisions from them. Or in the sustainability field, you only looked at records, uh, I guess what I would kind of say of asymmetrical value, meaning that they were valued to people downstream because someone like a major retailer or a consumer packaged goods company would say, okay, well, I got what I want out of this. I can see a summary information for a county or a sourcing region or a trade flow. But that information, Laura, was not of equal value going back upstream to the retailers and to the farmers who are actually producing that crop. So this EFR system that Steve has mentioned, not only I think important in that it provides this true system of record that can be easily shared, but it can be shared obviously both back, back both ways. And so if you're a farmer and you wanna actually now do something about this information, you need to be able to take action at a sub acre level. And getting a county like kind of aggregated report, it, it does not help you do that. But allowing you to see what happened inside the field and across your five or six fields and do multivariate testing, now you've got pulleys and levers, right? To start working on if you say, all right, I wanna change a practice that may impact my nutrient use efficiency or change a practice that might impact my carbon sequestration or change a practice that might create water credits because I'm using water more efficiently. That's the nature, I think, to this EFR system that can be now fundamentally viewed differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when I mentioned distributing at when we first transitioned back to Steve there, you know, it's, it's important to remember that distributing, the farmer is still owning all of the data, correct? So the, the ownership never leaves the farmer. And so they're deciding who their trusted advisors are and how they want this flow of, of data to proceed um, through that. So can you talk through that a little bit about how that is managed and how you're part of that conversation? Yeah, I'll start and I'll let Steve maybe fill in a few details. But so similar, again, to, to take this EMR metaphor, right, the patient records now we, we know are the patient's data and they choose when and where to share them to their uh, their benefit of their total health care or their insurance coverage, et cetera. It, it's got to be a similar mentality in farming. And we know, Laura, that hasn't always been the case, right? We know that data has been shared and some entities have kind of buried something on page 15, paragraph seven about how that data can be handled. So obviously, Farm Mobile's tried to take a very different approach to that, uh, to say just the opposite, that you're right. The data starts with that individual entity and they can then choose and permission it. So the, the system needs to be very flexible for them to decide who you're permissioning it with so it's transparent where that information is being made available and for what purposes. So when you do that and you use that mentality, I think it breeds a lot of trust. And we've even seen in the trust in food data that was just released uh, here, what, Laura, maybe two or three weeks ago, mm -hmm. that there still is a lack of trust uh, with a lot of other entities and sharing data. So I think the way you do that is you just you you turn all the lights on and you increase the scrutiny of where it can and can't be used. And wow, now suddenly you see how it can be used, like I said, to symmetrical benefit rather than just one party. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, anything to add there? Well, I think, you know, obviously uh, 
being able to share that data is very, very important. And, and the grower has not had that opportunity, even just as simple as sharing field boundaries uh, out of systems has been hard. So I think that's being able to share it easily has been one of our big, big pluses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll, I'll start with Steve here and ask, what does a good data set look like for a farmer? We've talked a lot about data this morning, but what does a good data set actually mean to a farmer and what does that look like? Well, I would say that is evolving. And, you know, we used to, you know, jump up and down if we had a good harvest map uh, at the end of the year and, and collect it. And then it became a, well, I need the harvest map and I now need your planting map. Now, I think because of the sustainability piece, that, you know, has just, the, the bar has been raised really, really high, uh, really, really quickly. And so what I mean by that is that, yes, you know, what I call the bookends or the planting and harvest is very important from the grower side, but now I need tillage data. Now I need as applied data, especially around the fertilizer component that's going on in those fields. And as applied traditionally has been very, very hard, especially to get back to the grower from the ag retailer. I'd say a lot, 90% of uh, ag retail in the past, or, or even just any as applied from a fertilizer standpoint, uh, there's just so much bulk or just so many data records that it just hasn't flowed efficiently. That's the nice thing about Farm Mobile. We can do it at scale and being able to bring back and, and pair up that data coming from the ag retailer so that these growers don't have to basically spend a tremendous amount of time. Bradford can speak about that of just the time it takes to hunt and gather data in the current state. That's what we are trying to basically uh, solve that friction or pain point uh, that for the grower, because if it's too hard and not simple and not easy, it's not worth it mm -hmm. from the grower standpoint. And we've got to we've got to address that. Absolutely. And, and while it might not be worth it from the grower standpoint, Bradford, you can speak to this. Retailers certainly want it. Um, and so talk a little bit, Bradford, about how connecting with the SureTrack system and being able to, to provide that data all the way from the seed bag through the processor with the Farm Mobile uh, Puck data integrated as well. What does that mean to a retailer? Yes, I think in any industry, Laura, you know, the amount of friction that comes with data directly either enables it to be shared and used more or it impairs it from doing so. And obviously we all lived this and we were living this very actively a year ago when we were not really able to fully get our arms around county by county, state by state, and country by country around the world, what was happening with an emerging pandemic, right? And we had a lot of, uh, you know, counting that was not apples to apples, I guess would be the sixth grade reading level way of articulating that. And so hence, you know, that drove bad decisions, it drove some good decisions, it drove everything in between. And you learn real quickly when you don't have some a way to grade the quality of data that's out there, um, and people who do make policy, people who are providing that health care, they just got to do the best of what they've got. And agriculture, I think, has done a great job of doing the best of what they've got. But to Steve's point, my goodness, it's time to do better uh, for, for everyone on this. So, you know, when we talk with people um, in person or like Steve said, boots on the ground or doesn't matter, is that this is about being objective about data quality. 
so we make it very clear that Farm Mobile is not a platform. It's not a software piece. Uh, it's not a device. Uh, it is a data as a service. And so if the data is good, then you should be really, really interested in paying for it because it's going to reduce a ton of friction for you, the retailer, for you, the farmer, or for you, the processor or, or CPG downstream. You know, the example that, that Steve might be thinking of in his head uh, is, a, is an entity who's actually uh, testing puck devices right now and testing our data engine to bring data up and share it. Um, Mitchell Hora was quoted in an article, I think just here two or three weeks ago, Laura, saying it took him 60 hours to set up a single 1,100-acre farm uh, into a carbon market framework. That's just, that's not commercially viable in, in any shape or form. And he was obviously using what you kind of jokingly referred to, Laurie. He's, he's trying to go to one web portal and download some of the data from one tractor, and he's trying to use a thumb drive for another and uh, trying to get records back from the, the fertilizer application. And I think there are going to be plenty of examples where that's going to go way, way over 60 hours for bigger farms. So uh, we need to get that from like 60 to well under six. And I think that can be done. And we're doing pilot projects right now this year uh, in a couple of different geographies of the country to prove that in, because that should be not only something that helps the rising tide carries all boats, and there's a lot more people that can now participate, um, but it also lowers the burden on the retailer and the farmer who've often been kind of thrown in the meat grinder on this. Mm-hmm. Well, and for those listening who might not know who Mitchell Hora is, he's certainly no stranger to the regenerative space um, or data collection. So he certainly knows where to go to look for those resources. So if it's taking him 60 plus hours, imagine what it's taking a regular farmer who is is, is new to the space, um, trying to set up some of this information for carbon markets. So certainly a valuable point there. All right. Well, as we look at wrapping up here this morning, Bradford, any final thoughts to share with our audience? Now, Laura, I really appreciate the great questions. I mean, these are topics that have sometimes been talked about uh, in the industry, but you know, have not been brought to resolution. And so while it might sound a little self-serving, you know, given now that I'm, I'm part of an ag tech company trying to solve this, uh, we need to keep this dialogue up. And I would think that you'll probably see for people that want to come out and talk to one of our, our data experts uh, this summer at, at something like Tech Hub Live or InfoAg, you know, we're going to be rolling out a, a system of grading, you know, the field records that are coming into existence and allowing someone then to say, all right, on a, on a scale, where do I sit? And how good are these records for the different applications that we're talking about, whether that's precision agronomy, whether that's uh, better fleet optimization, whether that's sustainable sourcing, whether that's carbon market participation, because you, you just can't really recreate data. It's either there or not. And so I think Having a good dialogue about that grading system as we roll it out and get it improved, I think will help the whole industry is is our hope. Absolutely. Well, we are certainly excited to see that. Steve, same question. Any final thoughts here this morning? Well, I just want to reiterate, you cannot recreate data as a grower. And I think, you know, as there's a lot of, you know, hype around the carbon market space, the sustainability space, where, where that's going to go, what that could possibly yield as far as a payback for growers the bottom line is is that we don't know yet i mean it's there's something there and but the bottom line is is that right now as a grower you better be collecting data of those field activities and that's not just planting harvest those are the things like tillage those are the things like 
strip till and also the as applied working with your ag retailer understanding making sure you have those data sets as well because these markets from outside the traditional ag space expect it mm -hmm. and they're going why don't you have it and they're asking those questions so that historical data set is going to be very important because a lot of times they're not just requiring a couple of years they're asking for three or four years history of what took place on that field mm -hmm. if you haven't got that you better start now absolutely that's you know what distinguishes you from being a point source pollution to a non-point source pollution i mean at the end of the day, that's really what we're talking about here is what you're doing on your field and how that's impacting the neighbors around you, the ecosystem, um, and how that's being communicated and translated. I, I think it's gonna open up a lot of different markets. There are gonna be some differentiation among growers as far as those that have the data and those that don't. I think that's gonna become very stark in the next two to three years, especially. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think value-added markets are going to be popping up right and left in the next five years. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much to both of you for joining us here this morning. We certainly appreciate your time and sharing all of the information that you did this morning. Brian, I think we're ready to hand things back to you. Thanks for joining us for AGI SureTrack Coffee Talk. Connect with us on the web at agisuretrackcommunity.com.